0: It's the biggest scandal to rock the college admissions world in the history of time. Oh my God, everyone, are you sitting down? Have you heard about the scandal that involves bribery and famous movie stars and TV stars and Instagram stars? Because that's a thing. And she was on a yacht when she found out that she had faked her way into the University of Southern California's spoiled children they call it, which I disagree with, but the world's most famous colleges and universities are involved and the whole system is rigged. Welcome to a special Emergency Crush. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first emergency podcast episode of The Crush. It's been a big and busy week in college admissions and also big and busy for... For this host, for this guy right here who spent Tuesday night not sleeping at all because on Wednesday morning, I was on Good Morning America, uh, which is pretty bizarre. Not uh, not a normal thing that I, that I do. Yes, George Stephanopoulos is as handsome as you would think. Um, it was a super fun and weird thing to be able to do, obviously. Uh, so I'll put links to my... Uh, Uh, My star turn here uh, in in the notes of the show So you can uh, scope it out if you really want to But look, this whole thing is bigger than me for crying out loud It's about all of us and all of the things uh, that I talk about here on this podcast And the wonderful world of college and college admissions And I just could not wait to get something out about this Obviously I've been thinking about it a lot So remarkably, uh, the Chronicle of Higher Education reporter Eric Hoover Had the time to talk to me quickly between uh, cups of coffee and calls from and to a 1,000 people as he covers his beat of college admissions during a admittedly pretty fascinating time in the history of this beat. So let's just dig into it with Eric Hoover from the Chronicle of Higher Education. Good morning, Eric Hoover. Good morning, sir. How are you? Where are you? Uh,
1: I'm in our guest bedroom.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah, I like the. Uh, I like. I can see. I, I listeners can't, but I, I. enjoy the. I like the artwork back there. Did you do that?
1: Um, no. My wife just purchased as many um, paintings of flowers as possible to cover the wall with.
0: <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Uh, how are how are you doing on like sleep and stuff?
1: Oh, you know, um, getting some. Just uh, too many things to think about in this story.
0: So yeah, I mean. The, uh in in your uh line of, of of uh journalism here are people calling you and asking you what you think or are you doing most of that asking doing the calling and asking people what they think in order to, to write your story like you know I would imagine it's like pretty busy busy pathway both both directions
1: yeah definitely it's uh, so that's uh, kind of a different experience um you know I think I've, I've done seven or eight radio shows in the last three days nine um, nine <clears throat> yeah. And now how many podcasts? podcasts? Yes. Well, I did a podcast yesterday with a fellow from uh, Brazil. But um, it was about something else. So it was refreshing to take a break. But um, yeah, so I I mean, I think, you know, uh, uh, everything from, um, you know, really solid uh, NPR uh, shows uh, where people have done research and are asking really good questions. I was on a a local uh, NPR affiliate show here yesterday. Uh, with Alexander Robbins, who wrote the very excellent book, The Overachievers, mm-hmm. talking about the culture, <laughs> the culture of uh, angst and, uh, and fear um, that drives um, so many families, um, particularly in affluent areas like this one here in D.C., to push, push, push their kids to get them into a top, say, 25, 30 uh, college. And, and, and you know, a program like that was great. It featured uh, a student who right now is waiting to hear back from Harvard, and many other selective schools, but then of course there's uh, producers, people from uh, cable uh, shows who you know are calling or emailing, basically wanting me to do their um, research or work for them. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to having to figure out who you know who who I should uh, try to help out and be a part of this conversation. But yeah, I'd prefer to just you know yeah, ask questions and then shut up and listen. So it's. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a different experience.
0: Yeah, no. So how many articles have you put out? So something like four, right? Um, I think I've just written two or three and but my colleague,
1: you know, we, this is... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, when you, you look in the, you,
0: you look at just the, the front page of the Chronicle and, you know, it, it's sort of hitting every, every section of the paper, you know, graduate students and financial aid and uh, admissions and faculty and, you know, everybody's kind of got something to say on, on this, it seems.
1: That's right. I mean, and, and um, I just think of something uh, like spilling a, a glass of water on the floor, like it's just going everywhere. And um, it, I think it uh, the challenge is um, to try to keep an eye on the the breadth of the story. Um, and, and as you said, all, all the different areas that it touches um, while still, you know, making hopefully a good choice about what to focus on. So um, I'm lucky to work at a place where, you know, we're, this is all we do as higher ed. So yeah, um, we can we can team up, we can break apart and head in different directions. So um my hat's off to uh my colleagues who have just written um already so much and so deeply about um many facets of this. Um and you know, there's there's more to come.
0: Well and we're you know, and I wanna you know, people who go to Chronic to the Chronicle website may notice that that a lot of this may be behind a paywall and um, you and I have talked once before it's still in the can, as they say. So let this be a teaser to uh, those who may want more of uh, what they're hearing right now, that uh, we, we, we go on a bit more of an extensive journey uh, in a conversation that, uh, that I hope to put out at some point in the near future. But uh, there you also, I recall, we're not afraid to make sure that people knew that if they followed you on Twitter and if they followed, um, you know, the reporters in the Chronicle on Twitter, that a lot of the stories that go out that way are, are, are free, uh, free links to click on.
1: That's right. If you if you follow the Chronicle on Twitter, um, Chronicle account on Twitter and Facebook, um, the links that come out through the official Chronicle state controlled media, um, those those links uh, will be free at least for some time. Um, uh, Usually, you know, a month. Um, Most people are reading Twitter day to day, hour to hour, Um, and that's now um, that's now true of anything that that I tweet out from Eric Hoove on Twitter um, that link will be free not for eternity uh, but for plenty of plenty of time, uh, 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 about a month or so. And they got to
0: pay you somehow so that you can stay happy, stay on staff, and stay ready, stay limber uh, for the next scandal uh, that breaks uh, on our shores here, on the shores of uh, Malibu, California, or wherever. Um, I mean, one of the things that's interesting is that everybody is talking about this in terms of it being the biggest scandal in the history of, uh, you know, and uh, you've been doing this for a long time, 20 years or so just about uh, not quite, but just about, I think like, what's the, is it in fact the biggest scandal ever? And I mean, is it just the amount of money that's trading hands? Is it the fact that there's so much sort of fame involved that makes it big? Like, what do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I guess it'd be hard for me to say like, yes, this is the number one uh, biggest scandal ever. I understand why people um, would say that. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a simply, that's simply a matter of opinion. Um, I think what's uh, inflating it to uh, that degree in many people's eyes are the very things that you mentioned. Um, you know, there's a couple of uh, particular celebrities involved. There's a ton of money involved. I mean, a ton of money. Um, and those things, I do think, have attracted um, attention, a really intense interest among media outlets, and commentators who perhaps wouldn't normally. Um, gets gets so worked up about, or maybe pay much attention to, you know, your more run of the mill kind of nerdy admissions uh, scandal or uh, controversy. But I also think uh, uh, it's not just what the details of this situation are, but also when you know timing's everything. And right now, I just think the public is so primed, and the media is so primed to, um, I don't know, think. I think the worst in some cases about this field, you've got two um, uh, major lawsuits involving big name institutions, Harvard and the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And these raise, once again, questions, not only about the uh, use and consideration of race and admissions, but also more to the point, uh, the role that connections um, and wealth play in the process too. A lot of that's come out uh, in the Harvard trial. Um, you know, uh, all these questions of fairness. I mean, I think it's 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 the one thing. You know, living here in DC, uh, people on the left and people on the right don't don't agree about much, really. Uh, but I feel like if there's one issue they can kind of unite people all over the political spectrum, it's that something is amiss in college admissions, and it, and the system isn't fair, um, and the wrong people are getting um, uh, an unfair advantage. Now, they all might disagree. Um, as to who those people are who are benefiting so much from uh, the decisions admissions officers make behind closed doors,
0: or even who but, the wrong people are,
1: and and certainly who the who who the, who the most deserving people are, and who who the undeserving folks are, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that that th- they all share the sense that this is all, um, this is all something is broken in the system. I mean, I've seen that phrase or that headline several times in the yes. last couple of days. Yes. This scandal just proves once and for all that the system is broken. Um, I I don't know that it does, but I think it's a very human re- reaction to to feel that way. Like, th- I think there's a, a last straw um, feel to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, maybe, like, a hole has just been punched in the ship. In a month, maybe that feeling is gone, right? I mean, there's, there's like, a zillion people writing um, all kinds of things, you know, every second. And so I think it has the feel of, like, oh, this is the end of the... The admissions world as we know it. Um, people have been proclaiming that in some way for for many years. I mean, it's but, so it's, I,
0: it's, it's it's fascinating to me that you know <clears throat> we think about and we know for a fact things we 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 know that people give obscene amounts of money to colleges legally. And in fact, it is, is highly publicized with with uh, press releases and even their name on the side of the building, commemorating the fact that they donated the money to even build it. And there is. Right. And we what we don't know necessarily is. Whether their kids then got in after that. I mean, you could probably make the presumption in a lot of cases and maybe in a lot of other cases. In the case, for instance, of like Jared Kushner, um, you know, we do know that there are some some uh, instances where people who, you know, George W. Bush, uh, people who didn't belong in these places, we believe. Uh, found their way in through totally legal means of using money but it's just the fact that there isn't this vast conspiracy uh, of operators sort of uh, working with, with bribes to make it happen that we don't freak out in the same way but isn't it exactly the same thing?
1: I think it's similar. Um, it's a similar dynamic. I mean what, what, one wrinkle here is that someone who didn't happen to work for a university was making uh, a ton of money on this uh, on this scam, um, but you're right. I mean, uh, many folks have noted that hey, for for decades, if not centuries, uh, this has all been done um, with kind of a nod and, and, and a wink, and um, it seems somehow now, in contrast, maybe more palatable, right? To um, to uh, to have a system where at least some of the sons and daughters of big donors, the people who can slap their name on a building, um, are going to get kind of waved in through um, the back door,
0: um, as opposed here, to the the but, the, the newly uh, uh, emergent side door.
1: Yeah, right. Now, now we've got the side door, and um,
0: somebody's going to invent the tunnel from underneath at some point. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: and who know, and who knows who those applicants will be? Yeah, or the um, uh, or
0: the jumping out of the chopper uh, with a parachute into a hatch on the ceiling door. Yeah. People Um, are going to invent ways to make this happen one way or another, is my point, I think. But anyways, I interrupted you.
1: No, I just, I mean, um, I I I think um, maybe it's just we're more familiar with the idea. We may not like it. Um, Many people don't, but the idea that, hey, uh, many selective colleges make at least some room. Uh, Most selective colleges make a little bit of room or maybe more than a little room for um, development cases, legacy admits, and that there's a whole logic. Yeah, whole system. a a framework of thinking about
0: it and doesn't this and and this this doesn't even pertain necessarily to just highly selective colleges either i mean i think any you know college or university is altogether too happy to take the money of anybody that wants to give it to them um and uh or to offer legacy admission uh based on the fact that they've got a family member that went there or something like that i mean that isn't a thing that only the ivy league schools do
1: sure sure and i think there's at least for that there's a narrative um, and, I, and I know many, I think, thoughtful folks in admissions who, who can speak to this narrative like, hey, um, there should be a limit to how many spots are going to legacies or how we think, uh, how much weight we put on that in our process. But there's a logic to it, right? Um, we're not just setting up a system based on any one definition of merit that everyone could agree on and that some people get in for one combination of reasons and other people get in for another combination of reasons. Um, but many... Many admissions folks have told me, "Hey, there's there's a logic to um, having um, a portion of the class that yes, where we're, that legacy status really matters for those students, and we feel like it benefits the campus in some way." Um, you know, I know some. Uh, there's one dean in particular who says, "You can't you can't um, describe all the benefits in, in tangible uh, kind of terms. It's not just about money, but it's about." You know, building a culture and building a campus with a particular kind of student who perhaps is more likely to appreciate the place, be plugged into it, be part of the cloth, um, you know, the fabric of its history. But here, you know, you don't even have that. I'm not saying everyone should buy that narrative at all. There's a great case to be made against consideration of legacies for sure. But here, you don't even have that narrative floating around. It's like mm-hmm. how how did this scam benefit anyone on the campus in any way except for the coaches Mm -hmm. who just got to put a fat check or cash or whatever it was into their pocket so that they could, I don't know, who knows what they do to buy a new car. Um, that I do think that's different. Are they both (laughs) anything to be feel proud of? Perhaps not.
0: Um, how much of covering this story is, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I actually, I had occasion to, to go on the Dr. Drew show uh, a couple of days ago. And it was, it was, it was kind of frustrating, not the least because I had a terrible cell phone connection and they, they told me as much. Um, but also just because I felt like they kept hammering this point that um, I just really couldn't come up with a great answer to, which I don't think there is a great answer to, which is just, you know, how are we going to fix this? You know? And I think that there's a, a lot of people out there that, are, I mean, obviously something scandalous and horrible and like, you know, that is such an affront as this to, you know, the dignity of all Americans who still believe that this is a meritocracy that we live in. And that there is actually some sort of concept of fairness that we all ought to uh, believe in. Uh, and yet, like, the, I mean, I feel like when you told that story about, you know, that Dean saying, you know, that legacy admission is like, it's so nuanced, right? That it's about building a community and and like they really, really believe that. Yeah. like at each individual school and each individual campus, like they have their own thoughts about what that means. And this is, you know, it's all tied up in this concept of fit. Like there's a certain kind of person that fits here and we're all unique and different and special. And so as such, it's impossible, I feel like to really paint in an accurate and fair, to the extent I can you still use that word, way uh, across the whole system such to say, yes, it should be fixed this way or that way, right?
1: I absolutely agree. This is not a machine that has, uh, you know.
0: Right, it's like it's a job creation factory that broke, you know, and somebody got in there and paid off somebody to, you know, get them a better car out, off, the, off the assembly line. But, yeah, it, it doesn't work like that
1: no it doesn't work like that this is not like something you can just come in and fix or hey you know what we're going to get all the general counsels together um and uh drafts like a new admissions policy and procedural flow chart um a whole new list of practices and here are the seven new things that we're not going to do anymore and five mm-hmm. new things that we are i mean it, it just it just doesn't work like that i mean i can tell you um you know it's not just uh maybe folks on the dr drew show that might be thinking of it that way i mean um a reporter I know might have been asked by some editor to, uh, to try to shed some light on what, what the solution here is, what the f- uh, fix is. It's a question and, that's
0: been asked a lot by a lot of different outlets. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and look, there's uh, there's nothing wrong with asking that question. I just think. It's a very um, natural
0: question for people to want to ask.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's something of this magnitude and, and, and it's, it's just a eye popping kind of shocking um, set of facts here. Um It's natural to then say like uh, an outrageous act, an outrageous scam should be met with a forceful and perhaps dramatic um, response.
0: It's very Um, American.
1: I I, I just don't think that's, I mean, love it or hate it. That's just not how admissions works or, could work well um, I think unless... it, don't, don't you
0: think that also this is this is sort of helping people I mean I like it because I think at, at, at the end of the day it's giving people who are paying attention to this story and who are digging a little bit deeper than just the surface uh, a bit of insight into how these places work right like that they're like for instance America might be fascinated to learn that there really isn't like a governing body you know there's a uh, there's the National Association of College Admissions Counseling but but and they have bylaws and they have very legalistic things that they do but it's 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 sort of a wink and a handshake right or, or or it's a maybe not a wink but it's a definitely a very firm handshake we all believe this stuff right guys right guys right guys but if you're going to make a systemic change uh there really isn't you don't go to you know as i think john bachenset mentioned in uh in an interview that, that that you did with him in a story that came out about this like besides the federal government like what exists to impose some sort of massive structural change on this
1: Right. I mean, uh, uh, I would say nothing besides um, uh, your own sense of what's uh, the best way to run your shop. Um, and, if uh, an uh, and, and if you're an enrollment manager and if you're an enrollment manager and also um, peer pressure and, and competitive um, forces uh, that I mean, that's what I, I guess I, I'm saying. That's what shapes um, the practices so often. What of our what are our competitor, competitors doing? Um, what, what's it, what's 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 the best set of compromises we can make to meet all our goals? And by compromises, I just mean trying to do many things at once, which is kind of the crux of admissions work, enrollment mm-hmm. uh, management, to meet not just one goal but multiple goals. And guess what? Hundreds, of those hundreds of them. Hundreds and many of them are intentioned, if not. In, this is in what we with this is
0: what we 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 use right here we call institutional priorities, right? Sure, and
1: some of them like. Crash into each other, right? And how do you mm-hmm. and how do you balance that? But sure, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by the, the the issue you raised with um, with NACAC, um, and I'm a you know, shortly we'll be uh, um, discussing uh, this issue with uh, the president of, of NACAC and some other folks on a on a show. Excellent. And, uh, you know, uh, every year that I've gone to the NACAC conference for for many, many years now, you know, I've usually got myself out of bed at six in the morning to go down to the assembly floor and watch hundreds of really dedicated and often passionate folks in the admissions field and the counseling profession. You know, they got up early, too, and had their coffee and they're coming to debate, in some cases, like individual words or phrases in um, proposed amendments to uh, the NACAC uh, ethics policy. Um, whatever it might be called. SPGP, yeah. the standards yeah.
0: of, uh, what is it, principle and good practice?
1: Yeah, but now it has a it new is... name, see? Oh, it does? It's the, the C-E-P-P, I, I believe. But, oh, um, okay. Don't see, things
0: get done, things get done.
1: But, you know, I, I, I've always been struck by that because, you know, someone could could swoop in and look at these folks in this discussion and say, this is absurd. They're all, in some cases, yelling at each other
0: mm-hmm.
1: and making very dramatic and passionate speeches um, about, you know, section two, um, part four a, and, and like why this sentence needs to change. Um, but it's because many people in the field, right? I mean, despite what, despite what the, the, the national uh, consensus might be at this moment in the wake of the scandal, many, many people in the field are really passionate and thoughtful and ethical and they care about what they do and they want to do it right, or they want to do it better. And so they're going to argue about what this small provision of the ethics policy might be because they, they all think they, Can make it better, so as to better serve students, better serve uh, the public, and also perhaps their schools and institutions. But for all the many hours of debate I've witnessed over this ethics policy, you know, I, 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 with all due respect, sometimes walk away thinking, well, (laughs) in the end, that document, as as important as it might be, like it's just a document, and there's no NACAC police, there's no NACAC Congress, there's a president and neck act but i there's mean no none of these folks there's a knack act pope is probably uh, would be the story of the
0: year um, <laughs> um well yeah i don't know i mean i think it's you know uh, find anybody that works in this field i don't think you're going to find anybody that that is going to that is going to defend you know the the just uh utter fairness of the whole thing you know i mean anybody that's been paying attention to the way that this works like wouldn't do that you know i think they everybody knows that there are uh that there are hypocrisies in this system that it it definitely favors the wealthy and yet we here we all are working in these systems and some of us maybe carry around some guilt about the extent to which we might be adding some advantage to people that don't need it and you know so on and so forth but like find me an institution in this country that operates at just an impeccable degree of virtue you Find me an institution that, you know, whose goal and mission and intentions are as pure as, you know, providing a higher education to uh, not just a country, but a planet, uh, you know, that doesn't have uh scandal and bad operators and hypocrisies and paradoxes and all of that stuff.
1: Anything come to Mon- mind? Monsters you.
0: okay. Well, sure. Fake stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, a, I mean, how, how why is that? College, I'm why is that? I'm going to start putting that on students' it? lists. What's that? I'm going to start putting that on kids' lists of colleges to consider. I keep forgetting about Monster U,
1: just to see if anyone's paying attention.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, no, I mean, would we have heard of a college that didn't have? Uh, do we want to hear of a college that doesn't operate at least in part guided by self interest, uh, institutional interest? That's how colleges grow and get better to some degree, it's right? Certainly, um, how the uh,
0: private sector operates.
1: Unrestrained self interest is a bad thing. But, um, you know, I think that's something that um, the public, generally speaking, just can't get their head around that, you know, this isn't a purely merit, you know, merit based competition among a bunch of young promising applicants whose virtues are being fairly and efficiently and equitably assessed and aren't you Um,
0: and i mean and i feel like i heard you or saw a tweet from you about somebody you know that somewhere at this very moment somebody is furiously typing the umpteenth article about why there should be an admissions lottery um what do you mean what what, that that that's a thing that people think about that, that they consider i mean at the end of the day when you know you talk about wanting to get rid of the inequality in the system then you probably need to just get rid of the competitiveness of it in order for people to not feel compelled to cheat but like and so at the end of the day something like an admissions lottery might make a lot of sense to people I th-
1: right i think on a human level it, it really resonates with people and that's why for 15 years i've received uh, pitches from uh, scholars um and commentators uh wanting me to write about their admissions lottery idea wanting the Chronicle to publish an opinion piece about, in in many cases, what people think is a novel idea. I think I I've, I once went, went digging and found someone floating this like back in the se- late seventies, um, and we certainly read many um, versions of this proposal. It's been floated recently by a think tank here in Washington D.C. Um, I've 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 just seen it pop up like I want to say in the Atlantic and all kinds of other places. Um, yeah, when faced with Uh, evidence that this whole system just doesn't operate perhaps the way some of us grew up thinking or hoping that it did and then in fact there's all kinds of compromises going on and all kinds of um, you know all kinds of uh, cutting corners um, and favoritism and just inequities then a lottery right just throw it up to the universe to chance right isn't that fair I do think that's kind of like throwing up one's hands though. I mean, shouldn't I think you that, then?
0: shouldn't you then hold a similar lottery to for hiring, you know, so that you've got a, a smattering of every conceivable kind of faculty member there so that they can then teach every conceivable kind of student. And I, I mean, it just sure. And,
1: and should there be a lottery for like which zip code you get to grow up in or which high school you go to? I mean, um, the, the lottery
0: has got to be I, everything.
1: I do think people want the pro- I think here's the here's the problem. People, I think, would generally want the process to have some humanity in it. Um, but if you have humanity in this process, you're going to have you're going to have um, 17 de- definitions of unfairness. Mm-hmm. Um, just like many many students love the fact that they get to choose. It may be a frightening thing to have to choose one college versus the other. How do you know which one's the best? Which one is my dream school? Really? But you know, having been in another country recently, where there's really not choice when it comes to higher ed or, or the level of choice we had here, like um, I think just like students and families kind of often relish um, the choices they have, even if those choices, you know, at times might seem to overwhelm them and paralyze them. It's a good thing to have all these choices of all these different kinds of institutions. Other side of the coin, colleges want and and often need to have choices too. They need to be able to make choices to um, hit all of those targets, all of those competing interests that you mentioned. There's not just a few, there's hundreds Um, If you take that element of choice away, um, what kind of campuses are we going to end up with? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah. And by the way, you you talk about going to a foreign country. Of course, that was Nepal. You've written extensively about this. And this is what we discuss extensively in the forthcoming, uh, much more relaxed, uh, (laughs) I believe, uh, conversation that you and I had. um, And uh, I hope to be able to put that out soon. Um, One of the things I want to I want to end on here and I want to talk to you a little bit about the role of admissions offices in this because it's something that um, it's being called an admissions scandal um, and obviously in the end it's about people getting admitted that shouldn't have been but none of of the admissions counselors or officers uh, in between the you know bribers and the uh, and the and the bribes and and everything you know whatever the and, the and the eventuality that they end up on campus have been implicated in this, um, but you did write an article that I think is pretty fascinating that people should check out called "Admissions Officers Didn't Cause the Scandal, but They Helped Shape the Culture That Spawned It," and I really liked in particular the quote um, from. Uh, Jim Miller at the University of Washington, where he says there's damage being done to the profession. And frankly, some of it is earned, says Jim Miller, director of admissions at University of Washington's Bothell campus. Um, we have played up and played into the overall value of selectivity and this idea that OMG, I have to land at this college or my life will be over. <laughs> if we say that our college is special, that what you get here is unlike what you can get any place else, then we have to accept some responsibility for people actually believing it. So, end quote, That's a really, really interesting point. And it is something also that cuts across lines of selectivity. Every, this is a business every college wants to get people uh, hyped so hyped about it that they're willing to make uh, absolutely massive life decisions to spend money and in many cases a lot of money to go there. Uh, is this is, is what do you what more do you have to say on this what 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 about the role that admissions offices have to play here?
1: Yeah you know um, I'm glad you asked I'm glad you read that quote I have to say and this is no exaggeration um, that's one of the best quotes and by best I mean, um, important and insightful um, observations that I've ever written down in a notebook or typed on a, on a it really, screen. It and
0: really jumped out.
1: I'm grateful uh, for Jim for sharing that uh, candid um, appraisal. And I think it's wise. Um, and he said it with, I think deep respect for um, his profession um, in general. Um, and, you know, as he said, and this isn't, this, this is not something I put in there, but he said, you know, he, in many ways, that's a good thing. And uh, the the story that so many colleges, not just the most selective institutions, many of which are in the news this week, but most colleges are, uh, if not all of them, are, are telling a story about themselves and thinking about, well, what does make us different? And what does make us special? And in some ways that exercise is beneficial, um, not just to people on the campus who work there and have a sense of purpose and mission and identity, um, but also to in some cases the public hearing this message well i want to know what university of washington Boston, yeah i mean was they, like.
0: they have to compete just like the students have to compete you know they have to it's a career it's, it's a capitalist system where there's a buyer and a seller and the buyer's gonna want what the seller's selling and they've got to do a good job selling it to the buyer
1: yeah and sure and that's a necessity if you're gonna if you're gonna have a college and you want to keep the lights on um and you want to keep um perhaps improving um you're a lot in, in the universe of colleges, then you have to tell that story and, and some colleges tell it more effectively than others. But I, I really do think that he was hitting on um, such a key aspect of this, which is not to say that he was condoning what these parents had, had done, but he was talking about the environment, the ecosystem in which this scandal happened. And that's a, an ecosystem in which um, the desire for this prestigious university's name to be on that sticker that you slap on the back of the Lexus or the Mazda, you know, whatever um, is is not just um, a result of things parents and students um, kind of cooked up in their minds, in their little heads, right? And I, you know, I don't know if I put this in there or not, but he said, you know, that some of this behavior, this angst, this obsessing over status, um, this, this uh, notion that um, a seat at one of a very small handful of colleges, say 25, 30, 40, whatever it is, is a prize that has to be won or else life is dark and terrible. Um, that's a response t- in part to a stimulus. And he was saying in so many words that that stimulus uh, comes from many places, US News, you name it, but also colleges. And um, and that uh, what colleges say matters and the metrics that they use to define themselves or to find their... Excellence to define their um, their improvement over time. I mean, that's part of what's going on with these news releases every year. Uh, We have X number applications this year; that's a record. We have the lowest acceptance rate ever. That's a way of a college saying not only are we great and awesome, but we're getting great, we're getting better. Um, And he's saying that all of that, you know, what colleges say and do um, to tell their story, you know, has inevitably has some kind of effect on at least some segment of the population and so um I, I feel like that was a brave thing to say especially right now
0: well uh, it's you know it makes a lot of sense and i like i went to the university of southern california which uh is in the news uh t- t- lately as a result i not heard I said, yep 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 Fight on, fight on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I went there and I remember very, I mean, I completely bought into the concept of the dream school. And I know that this is something that you're a big fan of, you know, is is uh, uh, this concept that there is such a thing as a dream school for people. But like they are uh, a dream factory, you know, and especially yeah, yep. they, they have a really interesting uh, uh, sort of identity as as such by virtue of their their location in Los Angeles and also the you know their their the glitz and glamour of the entertainment industry which is which is prominently represented there. I mean you know I was interested in the film program and so they say yes you can be the next George Lucas you can be the next uh, uh, um, uh, Ryan Coogler although he 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 was after my time you can be the next Steven Spielberg even though he went to uh, Cal State uh, Long Beach um, but it's uh, you know and you buy into it and you're like well if anybody can do it these guys guys are going to be the ones that are going to catapult me into the stratosphere. But it's a reminder, again, you know, of this this, this concept, I believe, again, uh, that, that uh, John Bockets that uh, re- reminds us of and, and was the one to introduce me to the the Latin phrase caveat emptor, which uh, mm-hmm. a quick search here, the principle that the buyer alone is responsible <laughs> for checking the quality and suitability of goods before a purchase is made. And so you have to really, if you're a parent and if you're families and you're looking and thinking about colleges, you have to really do a lot of waiting, wait, waiting and fighting Your way through uh, this this fire hose of of dream messaging, uh, in order to get to to the truth and make a really sound financial judgment about where you're going to put your money and enroll.
1: Absolutely, I mean, first of all, Dream Fire Hose is like (laughs) the best band name, just just waiting to be to be claimed. Oh Um, man i can see it on the marquee i will yeah, play I mean, the recorder uh, in that band i think uh some wise folks um who we both know have talked uh, who uh, you know have done everything but um mock-up t-shirts that say like you know f fit you know um forget fit I, uh, that's what the f that's, stands that's for that's you know what i mean. thought i don't yeah. um but it, this is just kind of a, a, a problematic uh, uh concept um you know I've, i heard from several uh college counselors yesterday Um, through social media and and email after I've been on a radio show here in DC uh, where someone raised the question about fit and they say that they've just tried to banish that term from, um, from, from discussions with students. It's not to say that they're telling students like, don't think about where you would like to be and why, um, but that they feel like so often we're talking about like dream school fit, the one and only fit. And even before we're, you know, we're forming those opinions, you know, drinking from the dream hose, uh, before we're thinking about like, can we pay for this? Um, not just can the family afford it, even among families that can afford like most any school. Like, still, do you want to do you want to spend this much on this school versus um, a less expensive option? Um, you know, is it just problematic? Is it just a problematic way to talk about um, uh, choosing a college with a very young person to give them an impression that they're looking for this one place among many? Um, and that they better find it, um, because that's the one place they're going to fit with, or fit with so much better than all and others. Then
0: they better find the weakest link in the chain at this place and g- grease their palms. With yeah, uh, I mean they that better that get sweet, some, sweet some, Aunt Becky money. Some crisp hundreds, yes. uh, at the ready. Many and um, m- many of them. Uh, Well, I want to release you back uh, to your day. Um, Thank you very much for taking the time to uh, record what will go down in history as the very first crush emergency podcast um but this just simply could not wait there is a lot of stuff out there uh that is being discussed being talked about uh obviously I have a lot of thoughts about it too but nobody better to be able to chop it up with um than you on this topic i really really appreciate it eric and everybody please stay tuned for when i get my uh, shit together and sit down and edit our longer conversation and put that out uh in in, in due time
1: okay do you have to run that one by the sensors uh are there any any um Which Um, your,
0: uh, the, the, our other one that we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is is that, is that going to pass muster with the with the sensors? Yeah. It's going to go through the the
0: uh, Jack Act. I mean, the NACAC, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Sensor Bureau. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, they may, if I put it out as is, I think they they may actually establish that bureau at the next uh, conference. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I hear they're kind of stringent, um, (laughs) and, uh,
0: Anyway, uh-huh. oh, all right, buddy. Well, thanks a million. Uh, as you were, and uh, and we'll we'll all be we'll all be reading what you put out. Everybody follow Eric on 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 Twitter so that you can uh, get those sweet sweet free links and not feel compelled to bribe your friends who maybe have a subscription to the Chronicle. Yeah, of and Education. stop
1: calling my mom asking her to send them to you. That's just getting old. Um, Poor Mrs. Hoover. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, well. <laughs> Um, My pleasure, Devin. Thanks for uh, having me on the chat. All right, man.
0: Have some more coffee. Talk to you soon. All right. Do it. Thanks. One of the things that this scandal does is it lays bare a lot of truths about our society. And in many ways, it seems to me that the outrage is misplaced to quote the famous Pogo comic strip. We have met the enemy and he is us cheating is in our blood as Americans. In fact, one in 25 of us are full-blown sociopaths, according to Martha Stout, who wrote an amazing book called The Sociopath Next Door. As far as we know, people are born with the tendency to be a sociopath, but that our society and culture do the rest. They either crank it up or crank it down. Now I do not think Aunt Becky is a sociopath, but I think it's interesting to consider the extent to which our culture encourages competition over collaboration. As the author writes, few people would disagree that from the wild West of the past to the corporate outlaws of the present, American society seems to outlaw and even encourage me first attitudes devoted to the pursuit of domination. end quote, So in this country, clawing your way to the top by any means necessary is as American as putting bacon on a big Mac and calling it an innovation. I don't need to help you draw parallels here with our current uh, presidential administration, right? To the extent that Trump is celebrated, he's celebrated because he cheats. You remember that he was smart, in fact, for not releasing his taxes? Uh, I mean, he was born on third base, claims to be sort of self-made thanks to a modest $1 million loan from his dad. Uh, And we ought to generally know the rest of the story at this point, right? But think of some of the other famous cheats uh, besides the president. Lance Armstrong, Bernie Madoff... Elizabeth Holmes, who tricked everyone into valuing her company, Theranos, at like $80 billion, even though the technology didn't even work. Excellent podcast about that, by the way, called The Dropout. Uh, Consider Billy McFarlane, who lied and cheated his way through the Fire Festival and is in jail for six years now. As a result, our history is absolutely packed with cheats. So if you want to be mad, be mad at our culture not just the system of higher education. Be mad at our culture that so lovingly and willingly embraces cutting corners and cheating to get to the pinnacle of human achievement, which is apparently wealth and fame and glory and the ever-shrinking degree to which any of that wealth is meant to be kicked back into the community that helped you make it in the first place. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that people start to ask big old questions about wealth and privilege in our system of higher ed and admissions as a result of this and that they aren't distracted by the fame factor in this scandal such they don't have any room left to be angry about the real problems and inequality that uh, our entire system of education from pre-k all the way through college represents every single day here in america thanks for listening guys be good humans be collaborative help each other out spread love